everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness and the author of the book, The Wellness Revelation. If you're looking to find out more about us, head over to revelationwellness.org or uh, go to Amazon and pick up that book, The Wellness Revelation. It'll, you'll get lots and lots of stuff to chew on. But if you have been following us for a while, thanks so much. Thanks for leaving a review. You guys, they are such a blessing. It's, I'm just, this is the year that we are collecting testimonies. So if you have a testimony of how these podcasts, of how RevWell TV, how anything that you've interacted with um, us in this ministry have affected your life, we'd love to hear it. So email testify at revelationwellness.org. Um, we are, might just be sending you a little love greater than fear package, especially if we share your testimony. Um, but this has just been so incredible and so great of hearing how people, our lives are changing. There's no other reason uh, that I would want to do this. I don't want to just talk to talk. I want to know that we are, we're, we're getting healthy and being whole as we love God and love others. So Thank you for being willing to do that. Today I'm going to be talking with you more about healing the angry brain. I talk a little bit today about we all have anger. So if you would say I'm not an angry person, I'm going to challenge you a little bit today on that because we all have something that we're trying to protect because anger is a protective emotion to protect that which is good. So how do you respond to that? You could really insert anything into this podcast of the thing that you know you would like to stop doing, whether it's being explosive with someone else or angry or hopeless or um, feeling discounted or dismissed or bitter or disappointed, whatever it is, you will learn today um, some more steps and practical ways uh, that you can heal your brain. And today I'm actually talking about a, a process it's it's trademark called heels by Stephen Stonesy and it is really a it's kind of a step-by-step of something you can do to interrupt your behavior pattern your thought process when you have had someone hurt you so it can be after the event after it's happened you can sit down take a moment to know what you know and feel what you feel and work through this this these five steps and at the end of it y'all this is just training it's just training I'll keep training you, you keep showing up, and it is truly a gift and a get-to. So enjoy today's podcast, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Hi everyone, Elisa Keaton, the founder of this ministry, Revelation Wellness, the author of that book, The Wellness Revelation. What day is it? It's um, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, and I wanted to take some time to come back and continue the conversation that we started last week. I did a podcast, or I it, it these turn into podcasts for those of you in Facebook world that uh, would like to know that. But I love to come over here on Facebook because I could actually engage and see where you guys are and comment and come back and answer questions, which I really like that too. So where are you right now? I'd love to know where you are and what you're doing. It's crazy when we get people posting from like halfway around the world, in which I have to ask, why are you up right now? <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be sleeping? But my name's Elisa Keaton, and last week we talked about anger and body neglect. So here is what you need to know. To know us at Revelation Wellness is to know that we're always talking about the bigger story. The world will try to tell you, hi, hi, Jessica. The world will try to tell you that it's really just about this small thing and to compartmentalize. And if you just focus and if you 
if you really pay attention to that thing, it'll get better and just, and, and you know what? That is true. I can't neglect that. that that's, that's super true. But here's what the world often forgets is that we're integrated people. We're diverse and we're integrated. And you know, the healthiest brains, the part of the healthiest mind, your mind is super diverse. There's all kinds of things going on at one time. You have a part of your mind that's a feeler and then a thinker, and then there's input and there's sensory, and there's there's a lot of diversity going on in your mind. But the healthiest mind is functioning very diversely, but also very integrated. So there's a connection. It's not compartmentalized. Amen? All right, so we know, hi, so good. Hi, Carrie. I really should have my glasses. Minnesota. Um, we have to acknowledge that, that, that we're living in a time where we can be very scattered about. And so I'm hoping right now, if you're listening uh, and this is something that matters to you, you want to heal. You want to heal. You want to change. You want to get better. Here's what you want. You want to stop doing the same thing that you always do. I think it's good. We have to be able to acknowledge that we keep doing the same thing we don't want to do, that there's patterns of behavior in us that lead to kind of some um, stressful dysfunction in our life. And here's the good news, everyone. Just because your parents did it and your parents' parents did it doesn't mean you have to. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you never say, don't ever say, well, this is just how I am or this is just who I am. You're not who you, what you do. You're not what you do. Right, because shame is something we all have to battle with. Shame is something that's very popular right now to talk about. And here's the truth: Brene Brown is amazing. She's awesome. She wasn't the first to talk about shame. Actually, 25 years prior to Brene Brown, there was another uh, psychologist and neurologist that said this is a shame thing. And what happened? It made a big explosion at that time too, and people were willing to talk about it and come out, which we're doing now. But then the thing about shame is it hides itself again. It doesn't just, all right, we've dealt with shame. We never have to deal with it for all humanity time. Uh, No, because, stop calling me, sorry. No, because the brain, again, it's meant to stay integrated, but it will disintegrate. It will stop connecting if we don't continue. Mm. Sorry, guys. Everyone tell Leah Parker to please stop calling me. Um, if we don't stay integrated with ourselves, and it's, then it becomes generational. We think these are things we have to teach our kids. These are things. That's why biblically the Lord says, don't forget these things. Revisit them. Revisit the basics. We tend to evolve and think, oh, I've got that covered. No, we have to revisit the basics. And sometimes it's just going back to feeling what you feel and knowing what you know. And actually, it always goes back to that. God is interested in relationship with you, in the diversity of who you are to have relationships. So diversity and integration, that's what we do here at Revelation Wellness. Your body, the physical matter seems super, what does that have to do with my spiritual matter? It has everything to do with it, everything. So we're going to talk some more today about healing your brain, especially if anger is something that you um, battle. Now, here's the thing. I think everyone has anger. It's just a matter of what do you do with it. Anger expressed outward, you get big, you use words, you say things you don't mean. You uh, People actually even will see red. They literally see red because of capillaries behind their eyes that in, is in their ocular nerve 
will bust behind the eye. And so you will actually, people can see red. Uh, you won't remember what you said sometimes. You're absolutely kind of, it's an unconscious behavior. It's so embedded in your limbic brain, which is to protect yourself. Anger is not a bad emotion. It's there to protect that which is good. It's not being angry. It's how and what we do with anger that's a problem. Everyone has a sense of anger moved outward or there's anger moved inward, which often looks more like depression, hopelessness, shame looks that way. See, my shame tends to come on the backside of the anger. Like I get big and then the shame comes. So do you hear me? There's no way out of the shame that is there. It's going to come, but we can heal, friends. In Jesus' name, we can heal. Our brains, our minds can do this. And not just, you know, neuroscience is teaching this now. I'm saying it. Hey, listen, church, rise up because the world is getting healthy. And they're using these very common truth science to go, oh, wow, look, our brains can get better. But they're excusing the spiritual factor. They're excusing that it has anything to do about more than just think good thoughts and and pray good or and have good wishes and do good things and life will do that. And you know what? There's a, there's a truth to that because you reap what you sow. If you're a good person who reaps or sows good seed, you're going to reap good things. But it all terminates on themselves because we're made for eternity. The reason you long for a love that never ends and a beauty that never fades and a world that doesn't hurt and a pain that will go away is because it exists. That's C.S. Lewis. I love that quote. And it's true. The reason you hunger for more is because more exists. And it's the people that go, nah, I'm going to stop right there. I'm just going to think good thoughts and make my brain better. That's good. But we can do more, church. We can do more. And that's what I'm passionate about, that we cannot just be changed, but then become a change. And so we have boots on the ground and let's let's do this love thing. Let's do this kindness thing. Let's do this thing. Let's, let's do truth. Let's stand in truth. And that means sometimes you're not going to be really well loved. But first, establish love. You cannot deliver truth if love has not been established. All right. So, uh, man, I could go all in all directions about this. But we talked about it last week. So go to the podcast if you have, don't have any groundwork for this because this is part two. Go to a few episodes back, I think it's episode 271 or 272, and it's called Anger and Body Neglect. Um, Listen to that. I talked about it and what it does. And then this week, we had a podcast, a Revving the Word, that went out. Um, So Revving the Word, you guys, it's put it on, move your body. Go for a walk, go for a hike. Uh, try to move your body consistently because there is neuroscience that when we move our body, chemicals get released that aid the healing process, that aid optimal thinking and reasoning and high brain function. It, it just because you exercise. That's why all brain all uh, brain scientists will say exercise is really, really good for you. Not because it, you can fit in your genes and you cut your abs up. It has nothing to do with that. There's just this healthy part of our life. God created our bodies to work when resistance happens. As we lean into it, the body releases this grace of hormones to go, okay, keep breathing. We can do this. Endurance, perseverance, keep going. You're made for that. That's why when you quit... It feels good initially, like oh, I'm done. But then you kind of later go, man, I quit. <laughs> I could have kept going. Had I not quit, how far would I have made it, right? That's always the, because you're made for more. You're made to keep going, keep pressing in. So I did a revving the word 
on Friday or on Monday it released called Anger and Desire. So listen to that, put and go move your body. That'll talk you through more uh, kind of getting to the soul place of why do I have anger? What is it in me that wars against me? And why do I have relationships that seem to explode and break and not last? And all those things, right? So this is you just being real with you and me being real with you as well. So go listen to that. And now today we're going to continue the conversation because I told you I actually want to, I want to give you something to try. And I think we're headed to Revelation Wallace Instructor Training Retreat like next week. So I won't have time to do this, but I'm going to put it on my desk to do it where I want to, I'm going to actually create a workshop podcast where you'll have to actually do what I'm about to talk about and I'll foster and facilitate the experience. But today I want to talk about it, give you the tools. Maybe you can start, I hope you start practicing at home, especially again, if you just want to heal your brain, you want to become the person that you know you, 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 you see glimpses of, um, that you hope to be, you can do it. You can do this, but it does take focus and attention. That's where we left off last week. You have to focus Give it attention and repeat it. Repeat the pattern. So today, I want to give you a little bit more in in depth. And now this doesn't just mean you have to focus and have attention. You have to go to a higher place of empathy, of being able to have a brain, prefrontal medial cortex, that can have compassion and empathy Not only for yourself, because you do need to have it for yourself, because the reason you do the things that you don't want to do has something to do with something that was done to you or not done for you. Somebody sinned against you because you are alive. And to be alive is to be sinned against. (laughs) To be alive is to be wronged. Welcome to the human race, I tell my kids. My kids are always fighting for fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. I'm like, just forget fair. Stop fighting for fair because it's a waste of time. Fight the good fight of faith. Optimistic thinking and reasoning and having compassion and empathy for the person that you are having this altercation with. James 4.1 says, Don't you know what causes the quarrels among you? It's the desires within you. So when I don't get whatever it is that I needed or quote unquote deserved, and some of them are true. If you were abandoned, rejected, your basic needs didn't get met, nobody loved you, whatever it is, it happened. It happened. And that's, that's true. But we can heal from it through compassion and empathy, not just focus and attention. Like, okay, I'm going to, I want to focus my attention on my anger. I want to be aware of it. I want to be aware. Again, if yours is an anger, insert something else there, whatever it might be. Um, insecurity, uh, cynical thinking, um, unbelief, you know, whatever it is, but I'm talking specifically to those who like, who have just feel that sense of anger and, and you do things you don't want to do. And anger is dangerous. That's a, a, to not get angry, to go inward on myself is depression. That's kind of safe because then I don't risk hurting somebody else, but it really is detrimental to me. The anger moved inward is, um, really, almost un it's harder to heal for anger moved inward than anger moved outward because at least anger moved outward you get some feedback from people going hey that that kind of sucked or you you get some feedback because it's you're interacting in a world that is relational you're meant to be relational um hey by the way i see you guys sharing thanks for sharing this right now on facebook and commenting liking whatever you do it does um 
Maybe, maybe you know someone who you'd be like, yeah, they're an angry person. They need to hear this teaching. Um, and then point back at yourself, right? Because when I have a problem with you, there's a problem in me. I say it all the time. I have to tell myself, I've got a problem with someone. Okay, what's the problem in me first? Let me find that so that I'm a good steward of my anger. Anger, it's, a, it's emotions. Or what are, emotions are good servants and terrible masters. Emotions, they serve you well. Know them. Don't judge them. There that is. But they cannot be the dictator of what to do next. They're terrible masters. All right. So, empathy and compassion. That's the rugged, that's like the way of the cross. That's the rugged way to go. Not just, I'm going to think kind thoughts. I'm going to say kind things. Like it, it has to go beyond because we are relational people. So empathy and compassion, that's what, that goes to the next place of true and deeper healing is be able to think outside of yourself. And we know that's the greatest commandment. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. First commandment, work on that first, figure out what's going on inside of you, but then love others as you love yourself. So it does come back to this next place of healing moved into a relational place. All right, so I'm going to, I've told you there's a book, uh, Healing the Angry Brain. I encourage for anyone who just wants to get honest about it. Mentioned last week, right? The church kind of shames if you're an angry woman. Like, name of Jesus. Just, right? The world is championing that, saying, yeah, get big, get loud, women, let's be heard. And then the, the church kind of shames it and you feel shame about it where there's a creative third way. <laughs> we don't have to do either one of those. There's a creative third way where we can, feel what we feel, and know what we know without causing more anger, pain. It's like throwing fire on a burning trash can. Like why throw or throw gasoline in a burning trash can? That's what's often like that. And hey, there's places to just let it out, but be careful on who and where you do it and how it could affect. Be thoughtful, empathetic, and compassion. So the uh, the book, um, Healing the Angry Brain, and this is actually straight off of a man called Stephen Stosny. He wrote this, it's trademarked, and it called Heals. So not only do you want to focus and do repetition of like, okay, I'm going to um, focus my mind on what am I feeling, what am I thinking. I'm going to repeat being aware of what I'm thinking and feeling and uh, wanting to do new things but now you have to actually put things into practice into empathy and compassion going and thinking outside of yourself so stephen stonesy um wrote this and uh, compassion is the natural ability to care for others natural ability we all have it you all have it you have it if you're here on facebook you have it because you have relationship on facebook you like having friends you want to have relationship and i would say um Real empathy, and this is my definition, is the ability to hold another's pain and feel another's hurt. It's just the ability to hold it long enough. You don't have to like store it and care for it and <laughs> visit it, but it's the ability to like, let me put the weight of their pain in my heart for, or in my hands for just a minute. It Just that alone, that ability begins to shift your brain, your ability to move out of your limbic brain, your reptile part of your brain back here up into your prefrontal medial cortex where endorphins are released, where dopamine is released, where pleasure is released. It's an empathy place. As much as we go, 
I don't want to do that. It actually can heal us to just begin to think at a higher place, to hold others' pain, to feel others' hurt. Uh, there's actually neurons in the brain called mirror neurons. Uh, I'm going to do a whole teaching on that because it's so fascinating. It's true, and I've experienced this firsthand. But mirror neurons are what give us the ability. It's why you see someone sitting sad. You, you immediately go, gosh, they look sad. You can feel it. Or if you see someone else in joy and happy, it's, it's that contagious, connected ability. You, you mirror it. You just, whether or not you want to, it happens. I was telling my daughter this last night. Um, you know, the, your family is only as happy as the saddest person there, right? Like the saddest person in a room can really feel and pull it down because it's, it's not like we're trying, but our neurons in our brain mirror that. We see it, and then we have to fight for, how can I not fall into despair when I really want to have joy? That's why I be the, mo- the most influential person in the room is the person with the most hope and joy. They're the most influential. They're the ones who swing the atmosphere and the tides in another direction. They have power, and we have that. We have to choose it, and if I can't choose it, without it feeling authentic, then there's something in me that I need to heal. And God comes and mirrors me. He'll come and sit in my posture of sadness with me. He'll come and sit in my anger with me. He's the God that gave me neurons that mirror because he is reflecting his glory to us all the time and saying, I'll reflect this with you. I'll mirror with you. Let's talk about it. So anger is one of these that requires the empathy. Um, I'm going to, I'll give you a story and then I'm going to go through this, this, um, practical steps of heels, uh, just because I think context is really, really good. Um, my son was at a, um, I don't know, I don't know where he was. He was supposed to come home on a Friday night. I thought he was coming home after school. Um, and then I would see him, you know, usually around five or six. Well, he didn't come home after school one day. And so I began to kind of panic, you know, a little bit. Well, I figured he's probably out. He's kind of, um, he doesn't, he's mm, working up here on empathy and compassion. He's super linear. He's very, um, super smart, really, really smart. It's like his father. Um, But like the ability to think what others are thinking and feel what other feeling, it's not, not at all a strong suit. And I get it. He's a teenager too. So all, all the mothers with teenagers, high five emoji. Um, but we're working on it, right? And so he um, didn't come. It was 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. And I just kept thinking, he'll come home. 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. And I hadn't seen him since I kissed, like left the morning when he left for school. And he has a car now and he's driving, so he's got independence. So I didn't, you know, I just kind of sat. And it was a Friday night. And my daughter and I were like, and my husband was working that night. So I'm like, where, where is he? So around 8 o'clock at night, I send him a text. Now here we go with texting, right? Because texts connect us. And he um, he didn't get back to me. And then that was weird to me because I had waited, waited, waited. I'm like, okay, he's going to text. And then I texted again, nothing. Then the mama, the mama brain goes where, everyone? The limbic part of my brain <laughs> started to kick in. And I started to just think, what could have happened? Like, where, where could he be? And... Um, the fact that he wouldn't get back to it's not like him because he's very responsible so I thought what and next thing you know I'm cleaning counters and I'm cleaning up stuff which my daughter said to me hey mom are you okay I go why she goes well you seem a little like 
little on edge. I go, and then I had to realize, oh, I'm anxious about, I haven't heard from Jack. Is he okay? Um, so I send another text, Jack, Jack. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be annoying now, like wherever he is, right? And I did. I sent like a text. 30 seconds later, another text. Because in my mind, being honest, he's dead in the trunk of a car somewhere, right? Like my fearful brain goes to, I would rather go hard and annoy him and know he's okay than to like trust and not get so crazy. So I go in, finally, he calls me and his response to me, he goes, mom, I'm in the middle. Like he was in a movie theater, seeing a movie with his friends, but he was rude to me. Yo, like he was rude. And he, he, I mean, he was as if like I should know better because he's in a theater and he's super rule follower. So he's super rule follower. So you know how it says no texting in a theater? Like he doesn't text (laughs) and the phone could be blowing up and he won't pick it up because that's against the rule. (laughs) And so by the time I'm lighting up his phone and his friends are like, uh, dude, get the phone. And so he gets it and do we see the perfect storm here? Do we see the James 4.1? What causes the quarrels among you? It's the desires within you. My desire was to know, are you okay? Where are you? And then his desire is, leave me alone. I'm with my friends and you're bothering me. And then crash. Like we were off and running. So I share that story. One, because I'd like to know I'm not alone. Okay, and two, to show you the perfect storm of how it just, it happens. Now, I'm going to work with you through heels. Here's what it would look like for me to be better with what I was feeling. So you can practice this. You have to practice, this is like practicing your pain. The more you practice this type of, of process of going through someone with someone that's hurt you, then you'll be able to heal your brain. And then the next time another situation comes up, you won't act quite as quickly in the same way, but you do have to repetition, repetition, repetition. The, the brain is saying, let's do new pathways, but you gotta, you gotta train me. <clears throat> so when you are in an altercation with someone or you've had one, and you now need to process and think through it. The word heals should come to mind, H-E-A-L-S. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Heals comes to mind. You write write that down. <clears throat> so the first thing you wanna do, I, what I, I should have done with my son in that moment is to see the word heals flash over his face. This is Steve Stonesy's like um, steps, but just to see the word heals like over their face, because and especially if it's like you're with them face to face, just flash the word heels over their face. <laughs> and I like that. Um, I, I used to practice something like that as well when it came to my parents. But, you know, um, flesh, you want to see that word heels over their face. That's what H stands for. So just let the word heels come up as soon as you're like on the moving train, heels. The E, the next thing you want to do is experience your hurt. So go ahead and feel what you're feeling. Experience your hurt. That night, I wasn't experiencing my hurt. I was like, I was getting anxious. I just, I just let the thing go. And that's why it started ramping up. Um, I wasn't modulating, which is another part of a healthy uh, emotion. That's the second phase of an emotion. An emotion, first of all, activates. It comes online. 
And a second part is to modulate the emotion. You have to be able to go, okay, how bad is this? Regulate, modulate it, and don't let it just take off because without modulation, it will just take off. So I have to be able to experience, and so I have to know what I know and think what I'm thinking. I just was like thinking crazy things. I just went into an extreme place, right? So you have to E, experience your hurt. The A stands for access your core values. Boom. This is where it changes now. So feel what you feel. Know what you know. A, access your core values. You have to be able to go, okay, what's true? What's true? My core values are biblically based and founded upon primarily, like, because my truth is little t truth. God's truth is capital T. So I try to always, I'm working all my core values to be in line with his core values. And here's the core values. Hope, joy, or uh, love, pay, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All those things, those are core values. Like we're always going to keep our love on. We're always going to be joy, optimistic. Joy isn't I'm going to be happy. Joy is God is going, God's in charge. I can trust God with this. Joy is a certainty that God will. Um, Faith, right? And just having the faith for it. Peace, holding my peace. What would have changed? Whatever it is, I couldn't change anything at that point. I couldn't change anything if he was somewhere hurt, I, I, I wouldn't know until I know, right? Like it's that, okay, God, if I need to know something, I'm going to trust you and you let me know. I have to access my core values. That's A. L, he uses the word loving and it means to connect with other core, va- or core wounds of someone else. So it's that empathy place. Um, I needed to be able to think loving thoughts about my son and not think, well, he's doing this on purpose. Because honestly, after that phone call too, I was so mad. How dare him be rude to me? I needed to go, oh, that's right. He's a rule follower. He wasn't trying to be rude to me. Um, I should have been ready a little bit more for a call like that. And personally, I just, what would it have done for me to keep sending the text and like, where are you? Where, where are you? It was a, it was a moving freight train. So loving is to be able to connect with another's wounds. This is that hold someone else's pain, feel their hurt. What are their core wounds, the things that they carry around? That's a loving thing to be able to. That's why Jesus talks about the Samaritan that can actually stop and carry the weight of someone else's pain, even if it's interrupting their day or whatever it is. That is a loving thing to do. That's the L. And then S now I don't agree with his S so I'm going to put it his S is um, solve with behavior alternatives so you solve this by doing something opposite he kind of moves right to now do something opposite and I agree with that but I don't think um, you can just be like okay I see their pain and now I'm just going to act in opposite way there's actually a really big step there that you're missing because once you're able to feel another's hurt or carry compassion for them Now you have the authority and the ability to set them free. So I would say the S there is set them free, release them. It's to give them mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Release them, their core value, their wounded, their hurt. Releasing them, asking for forgiveness if you need to. That brings in the fullness of healing, P.S., by the way. And that's not something they mentioned here. 
you know, that ability to not just now release it, let it go, set it free, S, set it free in the forgiveness of God. And if you have to go ask for forgiveness, you, you should. <laughs> the next day I had to go to my son and go, man, okay, here's what happened. Here's what mom did. And here's what I would need to, I'd like to ask for your forgiveness for. And also to call out the gold in him and say, man, you're, I know you did not mean to not call me. I did also need to have the real talk of, you need to let me know <laughs> when you're going somewhere. Okay. Like he needed the the compassion and empathy of like, oh yeah, mom needs to know. I can't just leave at seven in the morning and not come home till midnight at night. I, I still live under her house and her roof for about a year or more. And then he's gone. After that, y'all can pray for me because I'm going to need a lot more heels because that's it at that point, right? He's a full grown man and making his choices where then that could come back and hurt me more. When we have young kids, we have some control and we like that. Come on. We like the control, but it doesn't necessarily, um, I talked about the very beginning, help our brain to stay diverse and connected and integrated. Control compartmentalizes. Behavior modification, it's limited. Trying to just think happy thoughts when you're feeling bad, you got to do this healing work of accessing your core values and thinking of other people's pains and wounds rewriting the story based on what God has said with your core values and then releasing other people. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Well, there you go. Um, I think I'm going to create a workshop for that. You'll see. It'll be something different. It'll actually give you space to process and think through some of these things. Um, but heels. Look it up even on the internet if you want. It's there. I liked it. I think it's a really great way. I just love the way the word flashes over someone. It's like putting a band-aid over them because the whole point is God wants healing for you and for them. He does not want you to slash him with your words, create division and uh, a disconnect when we were created for connection. All right. Oh my gosh, Arlene, you've had three move out. That control thing, right? Come on. And then we can do the entitlement thing. I'm your mother. I'm entitled to a phone call. I'm entitled to, I'm not entitled to anything. <laughs> I am not like hands free. I got, I'm not entitled to anything but my right to heal. Me, me. That's my thing. Nobody, nobody can mess with my testimony. That's my story. I'm entitled to my story and my experience. I have ownership. That's called having attunement of your own life. I'd rather be attuned to my life than entitled to something. Stay attuned. What's going on? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What's true? What's lie? And how can I love a person well here and stay whole and free? All right. Allow me to pray for y'all. Pray for me. Pray for us. Pray for this healing move of God. Like I said, we're headed up to the mountain next week. Platoon 20 is headed up. 170 of y'all. And they are going to become fitness teacher, gospel preachers, healers, healers, people that bring healing to bodies, minds, hearts, souls, everything, because it's in us right? Bad news gets stuck inside good bodies. Whenever you see me in your feed, I'm here to bring you good news, friends. All right. So Lord, thank you so much. God, we thank you for um, your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness for how you always want to reset. You always are the God of do-over without shame or without condemnation, Lord. I thank you for um, your the way you've made our bodies to heal. 
that when they cut, they can heal and bind up, Lord. When we are bleeding, it stops, Lord, that you created our bodies to work for us. And so, Lord, wherever there are people that have hated their bodies or angry with their bodies or disappointed with their bodies, Lord, would you help them to get in connection with who they are angry and disappointed with, Lord? Who they are paying the bill, Lord, and continue to pay a bill that you've already paid, Lord. So I speak integration and connection and diversity in your church, Lord, where we would be diverse but yet so connected. Our stories matter, God, and that you'd bring purpose and value back to the story. We release shame. We say shame off us in Jesus' name. Shame off that you would let us feel what we feel and know what we know and then transcend it, God. Transform it into the fruit of the Spirit, the things that you have on your mind, the things that you carry around in your heart, Lord. Um, pray, I pray for next week, Lord, for these instructors and training. I pray for uh, this whole using fitness as a tool to spread the gospel. God, do it. Do it abundantly. Use us. And we thank you that this is your idea. And you call us a good idea to partner with your idea. Healing in bodies and brains in Jesus' name. Healing wherever someone's been tormented with um, mental torment, Lord, just torment that they play the tape over and over right now in Jesus' name. It ends. Sing a song, a deliverance song over them, and may they sing their own and find their own voice, Lord. Take the time to focus, have attention and repetition to heal, to heal and release themselves from bondage and others. Thank you for the authority we have to do this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all.